What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Fire Talk here with the It's Lit Reviews team. I am Jake, joined by Adam, Cole, Matt, and welcoming back Erin this week. Hello. I was teasing Erin before we got started here that she only came back to to make fun of the Lions fans after their terrible, terrible, terrible <laughs> performance against the Packers this past weekend. Uh, but then we all agreed that you can't make fun of Lions fans because they have no pride left to give in their team anyway. So that's where we ended up at. Uh, we have a packed episode for you tonight because we had the first award show since the COVID era, uh, and that was the Emmys. Happened last night. Uh, I wouldn't Didn't say we the VMAs like a few weeks ago. The VMAs don't. Do they count. count? <laughs> Nobody counts yeah. the VMAs. I didn't. It's know like the kids' choice awards. <laughs> The VMAs yeah, those kids is, choices matter. <laughs> it's like it's like the those are like the VMAs for adults or for kids. Like it's just like it's one of the same. Uh, VMAs they mattered when there were video music award TV shows, you know. And then you had the VMAs music videos that actually, yeah. Yeah, and now you had the MTV Music Awards too, so you could, you had both of those and like. I literally thought the VMAs and the MTV Music Awards were the same thing. They're not. They're Which different. one was the one where Kanye interrupted Taylor? Uh, VMAs. I'm pretty sure that was the VMAs. That was the last time the VMAs were relevant. Yeah, probably. So, probably. But anyway, that's not nearly as affected by COVID though, because you can st- recording artists can still get into the studio. They can still make music during this time. Yeah. Un- unlike the TV shows and the movies that have been taking their major setbacks. Uh, and that's why we're going to pretend like this is the, really the first award show that happened since COVID. <laughs> uh, so I want to kick things off and get you guys just first takeaways from the, uh, from the award show last night. Anything that really stood out to you? Shit's Creek won everything. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and now we can move on to a different topic. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Matt is a huge fan of Shit's Creek. He has been he has been a fan since season one, I believe. Right? You, you were at the, mm. you were there at the beginning, right, Matt? No, I started watching in like season three. All right, so he's just a fake fan. Just kidding. Just but, a fake fan. <laughs> okay, but he is. It was an on Porter now. <laughs> it was this tiny little show on a Canadian network. No one had ever heard of. No one was watching it in season one. <laughs> fair. Sorry, sorry, Canada, but that's fair. Um. So Matt has been a huge advocate of Shit's Creek since he started watching it, though. Got Cole dug into it, and I think, Cole, you tore through it in like a week, didn't you? Like all of the seasons? Basically, yeah. I have not watched the newest season, but yeah. It's coming uh, to Netflix October 7th is what I saw. So you're uh, almost there. What was yeah, that, Aaron? so good. I said, no, I can't wait. Yeah, no. Me but neither. I think they were up for, what, nine, seven, seven, seven Emmys? And they won uh, all seven clean sweep. I mean, they were up for every single major comedy Emmy. Yeah, they uh, won the best comedy, comedy, best actor, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best writing, best directing. They won. They won it all. It's the first show in history to ever do that. Now, do you think that is a little bit? Because my first reaction to that was this past season. I don't know how. Like, I don't know how good it was. So I'll be fair. Like, I haven't watched it, and so I, that's why I want to get you guys' opinion here. Of do you think a little bit of that though is making up for the fact that it wasn't even like nominated for any of the Emmy awards like prior to this season? Oh, I don't think you can discount that. I mean, but, but you see that all the time with the last season of TV shows where the last season wins tons of awards. I mean, Game of Thrones won a ton of awards for season eight. <laughs> yeah, it did not deserve it. No, it didn't. Which just goes to show much how much of a like, political nonsense game this is anyway. But, but so, to, yeah, I to mean, push back on that, Matt, 
I, you look at the good place and it had four solid seasons. Yeah. I know the first season didn't get critically acclaimed as much as the later ones, but it was nominated for everything almost every year and never won a single thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think Schitt's Creek was just like, sadly, like oversighted. Like it was just this quiet thing. It was very like fairly independent as far as the U S was concerned. Um, and I just think it sort of ran under the radar yeah. For a I mean, long time. And I, I think in a lot of ways, it's also a comedy that people are responding to really well, given the state of the world right now, uh, because it's such a relentlessly positive comedy. It uh, is. Like the, char- like, the characters are, are good people. Like, you don't feel bad watching these characters do things. Cough, uh, cough, shameless, cough, cough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of successful shows that trade in that type of humor. Uh, but in the in the world we live in right now, I think there's a, a a definite draw towards that positivity and towards this world where like bad things don't really happen in Shit's Creek. Like, <laughs> not real problems. No, not, not real not problems. Not like big. Like yeah, like there's no racism. There's no homophobia. There's no like that. Those things don't exist in this world. And so I think there's the, that draw there uh, for a world uh, where where those problems aren't a thing. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure all of the characters get kicked out of their lavish lifestyle in season one. I think that's a bad thing. Especially if you asked all of those characters. I think they would tell you that sucks. <laughs> I mean, if you asked all the characters at the end of the show, would they say that it sucked, though? Uh, I don't know. I can't, like I said, I can't say I don't know anything about the character development there to say, like, yes or no. Which kind of brings me to my point is, like, that's one of those shows where when I'm first introducing it to friends, sometimes they, if they can't, like, sit down and watch several episodes in a row at the beginning, it takes them a while to get it because this is one of those shows where I've, it, you see a huge character arc in every single person. They grow immensely, even from like the start to the end of a season of the show, let alone from the very beginning to the very end. And, um, but since it is kind of a slow burn with that development, you have to really set up all the development in the first couple episodes. That's what I've run into with my friends who are interested in it. It's like, you need to give it a couple not because it's bad, just because it's a little bit of a slow burn at the beginning. Yeah, I think that happens a lot with your comedy series, in, in my opinion. It's yeah. like they try, because they're doing so much to be funny, you, you can't have so much serious actual character development without taking away from the comedy aspect of it. And so they have to do that kind of slower development to make sure that they, they stay true to what they're trying to do, and that's be funny. Well, and I think, I think something that Schitt's Creek does really well, uh, that's a testament to why it's just gained in momentum as it's gone on longer and longer, is it has these like big overarching character character arcs, but the characters don't fundamentally like they're not fundamentally different people than when they started. Like there's a clear through line. Like you're not wondering how did this person get from this to this in the space of six seasons. Like it just doesn't make sense because that happens all the time on yeah. comedy shows where they just like. Mm-hmm this character becomes unrecognizable for the sake of being funny. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gotcha. I can name a few from The Office. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, Andy, it Andy definitely Bernard. happened on The Office. Uh, <laughs> it happens in almost every show, and I think it's a real testament to the strength of the writing. Um, and like I said, to why this show has just like snowballed in popularity over the past couple of years, that, that, that that's not a thing that really happened here. Well, I love that... Um... Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Daniel Levy that he hadn't had a single job in Hollywood at all prior to writing and being in this show. Uh, he had done like some hosting stuff 
uh, like for MTV and stuff like that. He hadn't acted before this show. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool testament to know that he wrote this show himself and was able to be one of the actors in it and get recognized I mean, now at the end of all this. That's it's, that's got to be an awesome validation for him. It helps when you're the son of Eugene Levy, one Eugene of the, yeah, one Eugene of the greatest, greatest comedy legends. <laughs> Those eyebrows, though. Those eyebrows. Are fantastic. You can see the family <laughs> resemblance. Yes. <laughs> well, and Twyla is the sister of that family, too. So it really is like a family project that they're all together on. And I mean, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara have been like family since the 80s, essentially. (laughs) They've been working together for decades. Yeah. So overall, uh, if you didn't know, Schitt's Creek, apparently worth the watch because it won every award that was possible. Uh, the other big winners there last night, it seemed like it was either, if if the awards was being given, it was going to either Watchmen or uh, Succession. Uh, I haven't seen succession i've seen parts of watchmen i can definitely see why it's getting the acclaim that it is it's it it's the i think it's the honestly it's the best version of an extended graphic novel comic book series like that when you have the something that's that long it just makes so much more sense rather than trying to make a movie or a really long tv show to do this limited series like i thought that was like the perfect length for this type of show i mean just to avoid any confusion the series watchmen does not cover the events of the comic book Watchmen. No, it does not. No. <laughs> it just takes the same premise of characters and goes from there. Well, it's in it's, it's the the premise is that it's that world like 30, 40 some years later. I don't remember exactly what it is. Yes. Um, so it's like the aftermath the the long long aftermath of what happened. Although it's it's only very tangent, tangentially related to the events of yeah, it was really weird getting watching like the the first episode there, seeing it set forward, and like I was expecting it much more closely tied to the movie, uh, and they yeah, it was a, it was kind of a, a weird awakening to to turn on and be like, oh, this doesn't have anything to do with the movie like whatsoever, pretty much like it just yeah. in like passing. <laughs> I mean, the connections definitely become clearer the more you watch, uh, but uh, it's still very still very uh, its own thing, which I think is good because Watchmen was not a well-received movie in its own right no i mean the, it's kind of a the, weird movie in its own right it's the graphic novel movie. has been called uh, unfilmable and i think that's accurate <laughs> <laughs> now matt correct me i know you hate Zack snyder was Zack snyder the director of watchmen yes he was yes, he i was. thought so i thought so so just another testament to your to your theory of Zack snyder shouldn't film anything superhero related because he's terrible. <laughs> now, what about Succession? Anybody here seen that one? Because that won a, a couple of awards as well. No, it's been on my list because it keeps winning all kinds of stuff, but I, I have not Same started it yet. I have not started it either. And I recognize a lot of the actors in it. And so like that was a draw for me to that one but same thing it's on my list I have not started it I feel like it's one of those heavier shows that I'm gonna have to pay a lot of attention to yeah it's definitely a super heavy show from the looks of it yeah like per earlier conversation I've been really leaning towards like the shit's creeks and the good places of the world right now the big mouse Mm -hmm. I will say this so I was looking at the list um and and as you guys know since the beginning of apple tv plus I've been a big pusher in that but uh, I don't have it currently um there's no catalog to watch well here's the thing you're no catalog to watch won uh two emmys last night so um, i mean so for a limited catalog uh but the morning show is what was up for the most emmys and what was very interesting was 
I think they had like, there's one, I think there's like four or five people were up, individual actors and actresses were up for it. But the show itself wasn't, wasn't up for outstanding drama series, which to mm-hmm. me is interesting because I watched that first season and, and I loved it. But the thing that I loved was the actors, but I thought the, sh- the story is a bit convoluted. Um, mm-hmm. But like my favorite actor in the show, Billy Crudup won for outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. But if you go back and watch him, he's just outstanding. So I was kind of excited to see that. And then um, Jennifer Aniston, who I thought did really well in the morning show, she did not win. And uh, Zendaya won and is the youngest Emmy Award winner. Yeah, the youngest. The youngest youngest best actress winner. Best actor, that's what it is. Yeah, I've never even heard of the show Euphoria either. So that was really interesting to see her in that one. You've never heard of that, really? Mm -mm. Wow. It was pretty big on HBO uh, like six months ago or so. Ah, okay. Nope. Didn't, I hadn't even heard that one. It's a uh, it's a really interesting show. Okay, give me. I need more than just interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's about teenage drug addicts. Oh, yep. all right. <laughs> um, interest. Okay, yeah, interesting. <laughs> uh, and Cole, to your point, I'm going to throw back at you. Uh, Game of Thrones season eight also got nominated and won a bunch of Emmys. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a... Uh... Yeah, but I'll push back because it was the series that won a bunch of Emmys. This is about the actors and actresses. actors within the series because right. that, that is what made that, made that show shine was the people that actually portrayed some of the convoluted stories and made I, them better. I think some of the actors in that just go to show that Apple has more money than they know what to do with, that they're able to hire <laughs> all of these big name people, like for real. Oh, I mean, for sure. It just shows that they were able to throw an insane budget at this thing. Like, no, yeah. no joke. Uh, Can I so, talk about something obscure? Not super obscure. Um, but Is it Emmy related? Yes, it is indeed. Go no, for I'm it just then. Up today. <laughs> um, you know, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so Matt and I, I wanted to give an honorable mention to um, Mrs. America. Um, so Matt and I have been recently long distance watching through it. It's a Hulu series and it's about the woman who ran the campaign against the Equal Rights Amendment. And then all of the female activists who are on the other side of that coin. And it's got a fantastic cast. Matt, you'll have to help me because I can't pull it up in front of me. But of those people is the woman who played Crazy Eyes in Orange is the New Black. Uzo Aduba. Uh, nice. Aduba? Aduba? Uzo Aduba. Aduba. Um, and she won last night for Mrs. America. And she portrayed the first Black female presidential candidate which i honestly before that show didn't know we had had before which makes me feel really ignorant um but yeah it was during the era movement and i think that she fell out right before the dnc if i'm remembering correctly um but i just wanted to point out that while that show makes it really difficult to be a woman trying not to hate other women it's it's wonderfully acted in a very like telling story of the time so very specific market that might want to watch that, but the acting is really phenomenal. Yeah, it's the like she said, the cast is just crazy. Uh, it's got Kate Blanchett, uh, Sarah Paulson, Uzo Aduba, um, and the entire like supporting cast. Yeah, Rose, uh, Byrne. Rose Byrne, and the entire supporting cast is like all of those actors who you're like, oh, they're a really good actor. I've seen them in so many things, but you might not know their name. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, yep, yep your standard supporting actor and actresses that they they don't quite always get that lead role but they're always there yes even more and they're so really like good Altman is in it and i wish i could remember the lady the other lady who's running the main era 
Is that Margot Martindale? But, but she's not like, oh, she's that person from that thing. Like, you would know her name if you looked her up. You've seen her in that many things where she has, like, a speaking part. Hmm. Interesting. So, so what I'm hearing, though, is, like, as we're talking through this, I mean, every show that was up there really got – I mean, they they all are good shows that were getting, being nominated. There wasn't anything that really seemed like it was it was there that shouldn't be there. Yeah, not like last year. <laughs> yes not like last year at all bitterly <laughs> um i do want to say that uh i'm going to give away my own unofficial award to the unbreakable kimmy Sh- kimmy schmidt kimmy versus the reverend for longest show title to be nominated i think that's <laughs> an award that should be out there i was reading that and i was like holy cow that is the title of the show um but overall i think that like i said it was it didn't seem like it was anything really surprising i was surprised i will say that Shit's creek had a clean sweep of everything and that's mm-hmm. why i had that question for you guys about whether or not it was uh kind of backfilling for no nomination and no award-winning seasons prior um but as i look at who it was up against too like i can't say anybody that i would say is for sure like under or like anybody that was more deserving necessarily or- i mean i love brooklyn 99 andre brower i would say maybe but i can't fault daniel levy for winning it either Oh, and Sterling K. Brown was amazing in The Marvelous Miss Maisel, too. Lots of range you don't always see from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I think uh, everyone was kind of shocked when it happened last night just because, like, we all kind of hoped it would win a couple things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Deservedly so. But yeah, the, the idea that it just swept was not even on my radar, like... Especially going up against like the good place, I can't believe the good place didn't take at least like I really, something from it. I really, really thought, I really thought Ted Danson was going to win Best Actor. Um, real, I would have, I would have leaned towards Darcy Corden. I, if I, uh. if I were to say, I think they got one of the awards wrong. It's Best Supporting Actress. I think it should have been Darcy Corden. How dare you, Matt? <laughs> Just <laughs> talked bad about your show. I say that as someone who loves Shit's Creek more than words, who thinks Annie Murphy is amazing. Uh, I, I just think Darcy Carden is a comedic genius. Like, she is so funny on that show. Yeah, I agree. So we'd love to hear from any of you guys too. If you're uh, listening to this, if you think that we are way off base with any of the ones we agree with, or if you thought there was something, somebody, someone, some show that didn't get the recognition deserved, we'd love to hear from you guys on Facebook as well, or Instagram, Twitter. You can hit us up on any of the major platforms there. Um, flipping, flipping gears here a little bit. The other major news that happened this week, uh, I think just today actually, was uh, yeah, so. WandaVision trailer dropped from Disney Plus. So the first new bit of Marvel news like I said, got to bring Marvel up apparently on every podcast. <laughs> um, Contractual sorry. requirements, sorry. Yeah, sorry to everybody. I'm just waiting <laughs> for Marvel to agree to sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> We're waiting a long time. I Get will that be. Disney I will money. be. <laughs> I don't know if I want the obligation that comes with Disney money. <laughs> but um, so the WandaVision trailer dropped, and I got to say, as somebody who vehemently loves Marvel, uh, not overly thrilled with the trailer because i think i along with a lot of other people are just really confused about what's going to be happening in the show i don't understand the purpose i think that's by design i mean i'm sure it probably is like they're they're keeping things pretty well hidden as they always do but like the trailer just seems like it's even structured in a way like it it just seems really disjointed 
I mean, I think it's going to be a very weird show. Uh, yeah, if they if it's anything like the trailer, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've thought that since the beginning. Like it, it just seems like the premise they're going for, and I mean the two characters that they're going with, it it, it just lends itself to something that's a bit unusual. Uh, which is why I'm I'm optimistic for it. Honestly, like I'm I'm excited to see something different from the Marvel uh, powerhouse. Yeah, I think they're taking advantage of all of the power that they have right now um, to kind of go in different directions and test the waters to see how how strange they can get. Do something exploratory. Yeah, there's a lot of comic books out there that I mean dive into some pretty weird storylines. Uh, I mean, look no further than Squirrel Girl as its own comic book series, like. <laughs> For real, like, and she defeats Thanos power- by herself. I was gonna say she's the most powerful hero in the Marvel universe. So, <laughs> just wait until she comes to the MCU. Uh, I mean, we oh, don't need. Gosh. We don't necessarily need. <laughs> um, although I will say Anna Kendrick would be a perfect casting for that. To be fair. Oh, now oh, I need that to happen. <laughs> yep. I'm on World Girl 2024, starring Anna Kendrick. Oh. <laughs> I will say I hope it doesn't do what the Marvel series did for in when it was on Netflix. Because I just felt like they were just very lackluster. So, and we've talked about this before. Like, there's an inherent problem in extending a movie universe to television. In that, how much do you require people saw a TV show in order to understand what's happening in your movies? Well, mm-hmm. the the good news is it's the opposite way. Is because this isn't going anywhere with the uh, with the, the movies. Well, no, I, I don't mean, think so. I think I think it's fine to do it the opposite way uh, because the audience for this show is people who are fans of the Marvel movies, right? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think what they're going to do, and I was, I was talking about with Cole and Adam before the podcast here is, is they're going to follow the, the house of M storyline uh, adjusted. And so for those of you who aren't familiar, I wasn't familiar with myself. So I did a little bit of research prior to starting here about the house of M and it's essentially Scarlet Witch using her incredible powers because she is arguably one of the strongest superheroes we've seen in the MCU so far to create her own fabric of reality after losing vision because she loses her, she's kind of losing her mind a little bit. Um, right. And that in the comic book series, she loses her children. And so that's why she does this whole thing in, instead. Um, and she's trying to recreate them and bring them back to life essentially. And it creates all sorts of additional problems because when you start medicine, with the fabric of reality things go a little haywire and so i think it's going to be really easy to contain inside of its own season of i have this weird fabric tear of reality going on right now and then by the end of the season it's fixed and we can get right back into the normal uh like storyline essentially or the normal chronological order of events that are happening in the mcu well i mean to be honest after you said all that no i feel like that trailer makes more sense <laughs> as, they're, as they're jumping through time and space and then the one neighbor, whoever, I don't know who it is, but she, like, Vision touches her, and she's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and then he goes, what's wrong? She goes, well, you're dead. And so it's like, mm-hmm. now everything you just said makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so, but I think this is going to be a good teaser for how they're going to get into the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange's second movie coming out. Uh, it's going to show her powers to be able to open up these alternate realities and things like that it's it's going to be a good step it's not going to be that to your point man it's not going to be like a must watch for things to make sense in dr strange but i think it's going to be a good way for them to test the waters see how well it's received and Mm -hmm. figure out if they need to adjust something before sending it to the big screen also allows them to release eight of something instead of releasing one of something 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and I mean, I'm honestly excited for it. I mean, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are, I think, two of the uh, more Bettany. talented actors uh, in the MCU. Uh, so seeing them get this project where they can kind of let loose is going to be fun, I think. I agree. It's, it I seems like it's going to have a lot of that... Um, that comedic aspect still that the MCU has, like there were some moments in there that you knew were like the witty dry humor a little bit. And you're like, ah, that's, that's the Marvel. Like I know that this is the witty comebackness uh, or sarcasticness of what we're come to expect. Yeah. So I think there is going to be some of that still that's going to make it good. Um, it also but. looks like they're going to break the third wall, kind of pull some stuff from, uh, um, why am I blanking? Uh, from Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool. 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 Where he breaks the third they're wall. Gonna, they're going to bring the Deadpool wall. into the, the fourth into wall. Sorry. Division. I don't know if they're going to make Deadpool the WandaVision. <laughs> but uh, yeah, breaking the fourth wall like that, I think it um, gives it that little feeling where the characters and the audience feel like, oh, we can interact. You can't, but you know, it gives it that feeling. Paul Bettany's uh, best movie is still Priest. I am pretty no. sure I just read that they Beautiful are bringing... <laughs> I was kidding, because I know how much you hate that movie, Cole. I'm pretty sure I did just read recently that they are bring. They have like confirmed Deadpool is coming to the MCU, uh, will be played by Ryan Reynolds, but canonically is not going to be the same Deadpool as the first two movies. But he'll be yes. aware of that. So of course he will. <laughs> yep, which makes it great. Yes, I honestly, when you think about the Deadpool movies, I wonder how much of a script they really give Ryan Reynolds. Right. And and like how much they just tell him to ad lib and just. Go or if it's think is right for the scene. I'm absolutely positive there's a significant amount of ad-libbing in those movies. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I listen to Office Lady podcasts and like being a fan of The Office here, I was like, there's no way that that's the original script. That's all got to be ad-libbed. And I'd say 85% to 90% of the stuff they say is scripted. Huh. So. Well, I mean, it helps that most of the actors are also writers on that show. Agreed. I was going to say how much, yeah, that, so maybe you have like those writers or those actors like Ryan Reynolds playing a big role in the script creation though too. So that way he can, they kind of get to say what they want to still, even to make it sound ad-libbed um, rather than like they're talking for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And picturing that meeting, like, Hey, imagine <laughs> someone just shot you in the leg. What would your response be? And he's like, <laughs> he's and, like and then that's what they'll go with. And <laughs> <laughs> Like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Go. What the shit, Snapple? <laughs> Maybe he was at a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they do so much too with like the fourth wall and like the inside his own head where it's like the little cut scene. It's like watching like a family guy episode where you have like these little cut scenes inside Deadpool 2 where he just films like this one-off thing. And it's like, that was literally just for him to get this one line joke in and that's it. <laughs> we found a way to get there, guys. So a lot of good TV coming out. Really excited for that one. If you haven't, make sure you check out Shit's Creek uh, coming to Netflix October 7th. Uh, what's the release date for WandaVision? They may know off the top of their head. Uh, October, I think. Soon. Uh, I see December 2020 still. They've, I, I, think all they've, I, think I think all they've actually confirmed is that it will be released in 2020. All right. Well, hopefully that's sooner, than, sooner rather than later also. But if, until then, you have six seasons of Schitt's Creek, the first uh, comedy series to ever sweep the Emmy Awards uh, to pass at least a week of your time. Right, Cole? Give or take? Week and a half, maybe? Give, give or take, yeah. <laughs> depends on how, much so that, depends on how committed you are. 
yeah, how committed you are and what kind of job you're working, I guess, would be the two factors that are uh, at play there. Uh, and if you have anything else that you'd like to hear us discuss, if you have any thoughts of your own about WandaVision or the Emmy Awards, again, make sure you hit us up on, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can join our Facebook group, Fire Talk by It's Lit Reviews. Uh, lots of debates going on in there about common movie topics, common TV shows, theories, etc. Feel free to come in there, call any of us idiots, call each other idiots, call each other ingeniouses. I really don't care where you go with it. It's just a lot of fun for everybody. Uh, and until next time, enjoy your streaming.